I want to spend some time this morning thinking um, through the things that unify us um, together as the body of Christ when things are challenging and when we have um, an inability to be able to connect and support um, each other. And I want to think this through. Uh, many of you know that I'm a person. I like to give appropriate hugs. A lot, a lot of you come on Sunday morning, you get side hugs. There are those people that I'm, I'm very close to um, that I, we're not able to do that right now, right? Personal connection. Um, and there are some people in my life that I look forward to the time that Kristen and I can um, be with these people and that we can give them one of those close hugs that says, I love you. I'm thinking, um, first of all, of my daughter, Katie, and her husband, Cam, who are in Michigan. They may be watching this morning. I miss you, kiddo. Pray God's blessing on both of you and the baby. Um, and I do look forward to the time when I can, when I can hug my daughter, when we can hug our daughter. Um, I think of my sister in um, Denver, Colorado, with her family, Sarah. I think of my older brother, Jonathan, in Michigan. Um, I think of my mom, who's right now grieving. She had a sister of hers die this week, and um, she's walking through grief in the middle of this challenge, and, and uh, I, I want to be able to hug her and comfort her and encourage her. My dad in Ontario, Canada. Um, all these people, friends, that when we usually gather with them, it starts with a hug or um, some sort of, of, of physical presence greeting that we're able to live into. We can't do that. I think of you kids too. There's kids that are teachers that you long to see. There's other friends that you long to hang out with. We can't do that. The idea of being united in physical presence is lost during this season. And we need to acknowledge that. But this morning, I want us to be able to dig in very deeply into something that speaks to the unity that we experience the union that we experience, regardless of our physical circumstances, regardless of what happens next, regardless of how long even our quarantine and isolation goes on physically, that we can understand that in Christ, there is a union with God that we experience all together at the same time. And although it's not a physical union, it's a spiritual union. And when we live actively into that spiritual union, it has power. This morning we want to explore that by digging into a passage from John, the book of John, the Gospel of John. Where Jesus is longing for that union that he's missing with his father. And then he prays that as he and the father are in union, that God's people might be in union. And for us to think about that as we go through a season of separation and isolation, that God longs for us to be together. During this season, it's not physical. But during all seasons, it's certainly spiritual. As we dig into God's word together this morning, let's ask for his blessing and his word for our lives as we explore today. Father, speak to us this morning about union with you and what spiritual union looks like when physical, physical presence is lost. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that you equip us as a body, as your people, 
not just for the church of the river, but for all churches, all people who follow you, that we might be, during this season, united together before the throne of grace, that we might be united in the truth that your grace brings us together beyond the physical reality we know. That in your presence, we are spiritually united with you. We are never alone, not just from you, but from the body of Christ that you have equipped us to live in and to. Father, guide us this morning as we learn. Challenge us, encourage us, give us your hope. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're looking in the Gospel of John at chapter 17. If you're looking for John, it's um, the fourth of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's about a third of the way from the end of your scriptures. We're in chapter 17, the Gospel of John, beginning at verse 20. And we'll read the first two verses first. It says this. My prayer is not for them alone. And Jesus is speaking about the previous passage where he prayed for his disciples. It's not just, this prayer is not just for his disciples alone, those, those who are physically present with him at that time and space. But he, I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now, what we're hearing here is that God's longing for his people is for this idea of union both in spirit and in heart. Remember, Jesus is praying here for people that he will never physically meet during his time of ministry on earth. He is praying for people that are to come that they might be in union with him. So regardless of physical presence, Christ is asking for that union to continue beyond the physical and into the spiritual that they're united in heart and mind, one for each other. And this comes from and begins with the idea that Christ longs for that union with his Father. Now, elsewhere in Scripture, many of you know this, we hear that Jesus is the friend of us because he knows our suffering. There's no sufferings that Christ hasn't experienced that we ourselves are going to walk through. And oddly enough, as I think about it, and as I think God gave this to me this week, I think even this idea of isolation and quarantine is one of those sufferings that Christ experienced. Hear me out. Think about this. Christ is eternal. He has been united with the Father and the Spirit for always. There has never been a time when the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit haven't existed. They are eternal beings. And for however long that time, I mean, there's no beginning to it, but the time changed when Bethlehem came, right? Suddenly, Christ, who was in union with the Father, experienced a new isolation from the Father. Philippians 2 tells us that Christ emptied himself, emptied himself of glory and union with God. He still knew God, certainly, but it was a different experience of union. 
Christ was, in some senses, isolated and quarantined from his father. So, while we live in this experience, we have a God, we have a Messiah, who knows what it means to be alone, isolated, and separate from those whom you love the most. That's powerful to me. It reminds me that when I pray for God to do his work of transformation, that in the same way the Father and the Son, through their ministry, were reunited, that we too, as God's people, will be reunited some way. And I I want you to think about this because we need this encouragement for each other. We need this this strength because there are certainly times when many of us do feel overwhelmed. I think of you parents, especially at home. Some of you have experienced spring break for the last little while. Spring break is almost over and you're back into online learning. And some of you are ruining tomorrow at about 8 o'clock, 8.30 when school starts. Because it's that feeling of being overwhelmed as you try to make sure kids are on track and they're, they're doing okay. And you need support. And you need something that supports you. And many of you, God be praised, your prayer life is stronger now than it ever has before. Because you're at a loss. How do I do this, Lord? And you're experiencing the power of being united with Christ. And you're reaching out to other followers of Jesus that you can share FaceTime calls and conversations to mutually support each other. Can you imagine going through this experience without faith? I want you to think about that. Think about these folks out there who really are, they're, they're, they're pioneers, but they have no one coming behind them to support them. They have nothing at the end that they can walk towards. We, friends, as followers of Jesus, with people who love us, support us in the body of Christ, and a Messiah who will always be faithful to his presence in us, is something that we desperately need to lean on during this season. And it's offered. And we have it. And we can live into it more deeply. In fact, I'm of the mind, the longer this goes on, That Christ is teaching something to us as his people about what the church really is. That we're not a production. It's not about this this putting on the the, uh, thing on Sunday morning because this right now is, is good, it's wonderful, it's powerful. But we know we need everything else during the every other time but the hour that we gather online during the week. We know we need the body. We need to be united. Let's continue verses 22 and 23. Christ says, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Christ's work in the cross and the resurrection at Easter, which I hope we can celebrate together. I expect we won't be able to. We're going to have to find some other way to do that. But in that work that Christ did, which we will someday celebrate, Christ works, unites us with him together, and that oneness has power. 
It is power of comfort, encouragement, and strength when we need that, and we share it together. I think of that a couple times this week, in moments when Kristen and I and our kids are going a little stir-crazy. It seems like those are the moments that uh, a friend reaches out with a text or a word or something, a phone call, and says, hey, how you doing? We're with you. We love you. We miss you. One of the things that I did this week is I've been, as you well know, um, I have pastor friends, as you can well imagine, and I reached out to some of my pastor friends this week in a Facebook post because I know that there are pastors who are trying to figure out this thing just like I, I am. And those are people that I am united with and we can strengthen and encourage each other. And I'm just so blessed by some of those folks who then reached back to me and said, hey, we're praying for you too. We're supporting, supporting you too. This union that Christ Christ longs for us in the same way that he is one with the Father is something that equips us as we navigate this. And it is the great blessing that we know because of this as followers of Jesus. In fact, I would say this. COVID-19, in the big scheme of things, is the great equalizer when it comes to the body of Christ. We're all in this. We all have this experience. Even this morning as we're gathered, we're getting ready for worship. We share stories of how we're doing things and how we're navigating it and how we're figuring out this person is so blessed to be with other people and they don't have to wear a mask for a little while because we're far enough away from each other for a little bit. Even the idea for some of us this morning of gathering together, this is a privilege and a responsibility that we live in. This is the great gift that we've been given because like all of you, we're isolated for the rest of the time. We, I don't know about you, but right now when I go into stores, I feel that discomfort, right? I mean, it's one of those things that now that we're getting sort of hit with over and over again. When you're walking into a store, Kristen and I went to a store on Friday and you're walking in and you're going through that store with people and you're like, hey, Dude, like, give me my space. Like, all of a sudden, you're very confident. There was one guy, he wasn't sure what he was doing and where he was going. He was starting to irritate me because he, I couldn't get around him. I couldn't move beside him because we're very conscious of this space. But God be praised. We know that although that physical isolation is real, the spiritual union is also real. And friends out there, no matter who you are, if you're a kid, If you're a little kid who misses school, you miss your teacher, you miss your friends and being able to play with them and do all the games that you do after church out in the bushes or out on the patio, every other one of your friends is in the same boat with you. You're united in the challenge. This has made you equal. And those of you who are widows or widowers and you're on your own and you've you've been feeling that sense of loneliness and isolation, now we understand more. Now we understand your experience because now many of us are having that too. We feel isolated. We feel alone. We're united with you. I think of parents going through that school thing. You know that there are other moms and dads trying to figure this out as you go along. People in whatever workplace you're in, whether it be teaching, whether it be the medical field, you know that there are people around you who are going through this ex- same experience. We're all united together in the shared challenges of day-to-day life. But God be praised in that shared experience. We also have the shared experience of Jesus. He is present. 
His promises to you and to me, I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never let you go. That promise is real. And we together share that, that promise and then can exercise that among those who are also followers of Jesus, praying, giving, supporting them through encouragement and hope. Let's continue verse 24. It says this, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Now notice, here Christ is talking about the future. Hear it again. I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. Christ's promise here is that his longing is for his people to be gathered with him together in full and complete, complete union with him and with each other. No matter how long this thing goes on, Christ has the victory. No matter how long or how much it increases even in our isolation and quarantine, Christ has made promises to us that one day we will be together in God's presence, which is where Christ wants us to be in his word. And there will be no more crying, no more sickness, no more darkness, no more fear. And that's a promise that we can hold on to even when news gets bad. Even when the news conferences come and numbers keep going up. Even in those moments when we wake up in the middle of the night and think about our family, think about our kids, think about our parents, think about our friends, and we wonder if everything can be okay, we can take hold of the promise that Christ's longing is for us to be united with him, and in that union we experience it together as the body of Christ. That's the beauty of the end of the book of Revelation. If you need comfort, be reminded of what is to come. Revelation 21, 22. Read those words and hear God's promise about how this story ends and then begins again in God's presence. Verse 25 and 26. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Christ is saying here is that when we know more of who Jesus is, we know more of the God that we are united with. He has shown us who the Father is. He has made known who the Father is. And if you know the ministry of Christ, Christ is the one of grace. Christ is the means of bringing people together. Christ is love to those who are isolated. He is hope for the hopeless. He is health for those who are sick. He is life for those who are dead. And we see that that is who God is in Christ. And that means as we walk through our day-to-day -day experience, we can take hope that we are then united with Christ, with the Father for whom all those principles hold true. 
He is a God who lives into those things every day. And he promises them to all of us. Maybe not now in all their fullness. But there is a day to come when they will come in all our, the, their fullness. This truth reminds us that we're never alone. Kids, if you feel isolated from your friends and you miss them. Yeah, I want to encourage you. FaceTime, playdates, or whatever else is that you can figure out. But know that even when you do that, feel that sense of loneliness and isolation, Christ is with you. He's present in your room as you figure out a new game to play. He's present with you as you go out in your driveway and bike around or skateboard around or do whatever it is that you're doing. God is with you. God is with you, medical professionals. As you are walking into the front lines, as you're, as you're um, putting on your stuff, your protective gear, your masks, your shields, whatever, God is with you. And know that in that, even though it's scary sometimes, I'm sure, you are not alone. No parents, as your kids are making you pull your hair out sometimes, Christ is with you. You're not alone. He promises his presence. And the beautiful part is that he also gives us his presence through each other. And that's one thing that I cannot encourage you to do enough. Be in connection. And be in connection even with those who might have been at this point in the periphery of your life because those are oftentimes those who are most isolated. Don't be afraid to reach out to the friend that maybe you haven't talked to in a while. Simply say this. Say, hey, just checking in how you're doing, asking how I can pray for you. You can unite. You can be present spiritually with a brother or sister. You can be an encouragement to those who need hope. All of us can live more deeply into that. I even think there's a part of me that wants to say, hey, um, you know, if you need a place just to sit and talk, maybe you're a couple who's missing another couple friend. You know, this parking lot, just back up to each other, open your hatches and sit and talk for a while. Just make sure you got spacing. Find ways to connect with others. Find ways to be an encouragement and support to others. And as we do that, we are making manifest how Christ himself is united with the Father. Now, this past week, our council made a decision. And that decision is that every Sunday during our quarantine and um, the state of California mandated order to not gather um, that together over technology, we're going to celebrate communion. And here's why. It speaks exactly to what the Bible is teaching us this morning. When we come to the table, we come to the table of grace, we don't experience the physical presence of Christ except through each other when we share the, the bread and the juice together. And yes, God is present in that physical presence of each other, being able to share that. But what we do know clearly and surely is that Christ is spiritually present with us at the table. And so we as a body are going to engage in that spiritual presence of Christ together. And since we are one with Christ, although we can't be physically in the same space, sharing the same elements. We can certainly experience the spiritual presence of communion together. 
we can experience God's presence and even the presence of each other, even though we can't see each other. We're going to celebrate communion here in this room, and I want you to do that in your own homes. I'm going to ask you for some patience for a moment because we want to set this up. Um, we want to do this appropriately. We want to keep everyone safe and, and healthy through all this as well. One encouragement that I want to make to all of you is this. Um, in a couple of moments, um, a person from our congregation is going to be sharing a picture online of him and his family sharing the sacrament together. And even though we can't be physically present, present with each other, we might be able to see some of the ways that we're experiencing communion together. So I want to encourage you, pick up your phone a minute or your camera, however you do it. And as you celebrate together, take a picture. Maybe it's a picture simply of the screen. Maybe it's of the elements. Maybe it's of a person taking the elements. Maybe it's of your family taking the elements together. And then on the River Post, if you would post that. And I'm not saying that because I want to boost our online presence. I'm saying that because seeing each other celebrate the sacrament is encouragement. Knowing that you and your homes are experiencing the presence and the grace of God and Jesus Christ by partaking of this beautiful celebration is important. That's how we can share even more of the spiritual presence that Christ offers us. So here's what we're going to do. Again, get your elements ready. I have individual bottles so that we're not sharing anything that might have come into the room. going to share an unopened package of crackers because the elements don't matter nearly as much as the practice of celebrating together. On the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus gathered with his disciples and as was custom, they celebrated the Passover, and he lived into the activity that these men had done many times before. But he changed the story in himself as they celebrated. He took the bread and he gave thanks for it. And so that they might see, he broke it. And he said to them, this is my body and it is for you. And likewise, later in the meal, he took the juice or the wine or whatever the beverage was. And so that they might see, he poured it out. I'm not going to do that. They might see and he said to them, and this is my blood and it's given for you. A reminder, we are a covenant community. And we express that covenant truth that God is the God of those who are part of his promise at the table by allowing our children and celebrating them joining with us in the experience of Christ's body and his blood. If your children are in your home and they are part of the community through covenant baptism, we encourage you to share 
the elements with them. I'm asking you, prepare your elements. Don't partake them yet. We'll partake them together. I ask all members of the praise and techni uh, technology team, one at a time, appropriately, come up, take the elements, and then go to your space. spread out on the stage as well. Friends, we are separated by distance. But the cross and the table unite us. They unite us in the shared experience of desperately needing and knowing the grace of Jesus. Take, eat, remember, and believe. That the body of Christ was shed for the complete forgiveness of all of your sins. And likewise, take, drink, remember, and believe the blood of Jesus was shed for the complete forgiveness of all of your sins. God is good. Amen? Would you pray with me? Father, we are together united in your presence. Although we are separated by space, you you bring us together in your presence and together we can experience the power of love and grace offered up to us in the cross and the empty tomb. That empowers us in challenges. That gives us hope when the way seems unclear. It gives us health when things are sick or broken. Lord, when there is death, you bring life. We give you praise for that, O oh Father. We thank you for that and hang on desperately to that truth this morning. And may we know that truth even beyond our experience now for all days to come. That together in you, we know union as the body of Christ. Love for each other that because of your work in us has power to transform anything that goes on in life. You are so good. We're grateful for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.